0: I'm just feeling a, a check in my spirit here. <laughs> I wasn't going to share this. I didn't really want to. Um, but as we were singing um, that first song, I don't even know what the words were, where it was. Something about testifying. Your grace is on our side, and we will we will testify. Um, I'm just looking at my little girl here. Um, like, we almost got in a car wreck yesterday, and it was like tenths of a second. that. No we weren't T-boned by a car that was going like 65 miles an hour that would have hit Chris and Maggie right right in the side. And we keep trying to like process it. And it just, I told Chris last night, like it, it almost felt like the car just like went through our vehicle. It was that fast. And I just can only like give the praise and, and glory to God for that. Um, that for whatever reason he, he spared their lives yesterday, and I'm just, um, I'm grateful, and I felt checked by that song um, to testify to his grace in that situation yesterday to you. Um, yeah, that's not where I was going to talk or pray um, or anything, but as we keep going, um, I just, I think, I think it's important that we, we heed the words that we just sing, Holy Spirit, let us see and hear the work you're doing here in our midst and in our church and in our people, I think it's possible to come here with kind of a closed heart and not open to whatever the Holy Spirit does. But church, like this is this is His gift to us. Like Jesus said, maybe I should just read it. Right? Should I just read it? Let me just open it up because I had it. Jesus, as He's comforting His disciples and and praying before He knows He is, you know, about about to be crucified. Um, he says to his disciples, if you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. This is the Holy Spirit, right? Like this is this is a gift to us to lead us and guide us, but but we have to, to be open that to that in our hearts, and we have to we have to approach him with um, a willingness wherever you want to lead us God, Holy Spirit let us see, let us hear how you are moving Um, let's let that be our prayer as we continue on. your kindness
1: leads me to repentance your goodness draws me to your side your mercy cause me to be like you
0: continue our prayer. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy for giving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and giving us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and meditation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen.
2: Good morning. Uh, My name is Todd Clements. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my family and I, we've been coming here for uh, 18 years, uh, almost 18 years. And I can say that because tomorrow, uh, that awesome lady right there, uh, we will have been married for 18 years. <clears throat> she didn't. She didn't know I was going to do that. So I'll. I'll hear about that later. So this week I was driving, uh, and I was hungry, and I decided to stop at Taco Bell. No, that's that, that's Brian. That's Brian. That's Brian. Um, I was uh. Really, I was was making some making some coffee, and I was thinking about communion. And no, that was that was that was David. That was David. Um, so, as Pastor had asked me to do this uh, about a month a month or so ago, I was just kind of thinking about and praying about what what I should be sharing. Uh, about ten years ago, not eight years ago, no, ten years ago, I was right. Uh, ten years ago, I lost my job. Uh, I went into work on a Friday. Um, I received a phone call in the afternoon. This was the middle of December, so right before Christmas, the end of the season, end of the year bonuses. Um, Got a call from my boss out in California who said, we, we don't need you. Um, go ahead and make sure you pack your stuff up, and you can be done by noon, and go ahead and go home. So, after a decade of marriage, uh, to, again, that awesome woman... Uh, I had to do one of the hardest things I had to do, um, in my life was to go home and tell her I was no longer employed. Um, but throughout that, uh, the drive home, uh, there was never really any sense of, um, real, real worry. Um, and at that point in time, I feel like God was just kind of speaking to me saying, you know what, it's going to be okay. Uh, it is what it is, um. We're gonna, we're, you know, we're gonna get through this. So I get home, tell Kendra, and over the next year, it took me uh, about a year uh, to find a new job. Uh, we had some, some friends, uh, some family in the church um, who helped us along. They had odd jobs, I did odd jobs. I did really whatever was needed in order to you know, help pay the bills. Um, and at no point in time in that year, did we ever miss a payment? Um, did we ever really need anything? Uh, at one point in time, there was actually someone who in the church, and I still don't know who this is. And so I say thank you to who this was. Um, we showed up here one Sunday morning, and there was a gift card for hundred dollars, uh, hundred dollars at Kroger. I mean, we needed food, so God provided. So what I talked to you about this morning is um, is that and our response and our time, our treasures, and our talents. Um, I don't know if you've ever done anything like this. As far as Scripture, I've been thinking about different Scripture uh, for the last couple of weeks and settled on one until this morning. Um, You know, sometimes God works in uh, mysterious ways. and So this is the Scripture. This comes from Luke 12. The Lord answered, "'Who then is faithful and a wise manager?' whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. So through that year uh, that I was unemployed, uh, that obviously gave me a ton of time to get into to scripture, to read more, to pray more, um, to understand what, what God wanted. Uh, sometimes in order for... God, to give you something better, he has to take something out of your hands. But we have to be willing to open our hands and give that to him. In this particular case, again, it, it allowed me to uh, refocus. And as far as our time and our treasure and our talents, this is something that, that is, is super important to, to me, is that when we talk about um, like faith promise, you know, normally this time of the year, uh, many moons ago, we would be out to the Purdy's, and we'd go out and hang out, and there would be a, uh, a bonfire, and someone would come in and talk about faith promise. Uh, but I wanted to just talk to you this morning about um, our time, our treasures, and our talents. Uh, God was so faithful through that time, and he provided everything we possibly need, needed. And through that time off, I was able to refocus time you know, treasures, talents for other things, specifically in the church and in the community. And that's my challenge this morning for all of us. I don't think God just wants our time. I don't think God just wants our treasures, our money. I don't think God wants our talents. God wants everything. He wants all of us. He wants everything we possibly have. So, when it comes to next Sunday, as long as we don't have travel softball, maybe we can come over and help out with the church, um, but landscaping opportunity, to come over and help, uh, help out at the church. There are tons and tons and tons, and there are, we're always looking for people in the church to help out with different things, uh, from the children's ministry, the youth ministry, um, adult ministry, and who doesn't like people? Nobody? Nobody? Okay, So if there's anyone out there who's interested in getting into um, a ministry and you don't like people, come talk to me. I have the perfect job for you. I really do. But this morning, as we go through service, it's my hope and it is my prayer that you think about, and we all think about, our time, our treasures, and talents. What does God want to do with what we have? How does he want to, how does he want to use us? And just so you know, he can speak all he wants. We have to listen. We have to listen, and we have to be obedient. So that is my my prayer for you today. So thank you for letting me come up and share. And you guys, uh, welcome to Marysville Church of the Nazarene.
3: Thank you, Todd. One of the the greatest things in my life, I had um, Todd in the basement. We were working out, and I almost made him sick. It would have been the most glorious moment of my life. if I could've worked him hard enough to make him throw up, but uh, he stopped. Um, you know, one of the things that, that I hope happens in the connection moments that, that you see is there's so many leaders in our church. Uh, oftentimes, it, it churches, that the perception is uh, that you have pastor and you have worship leaders and you have children pastors and youth pastors, and, and that are, those are the leaders of the church. Folks, the church consists of so much more than that. And the glory of the church, the power of the church is found when we all have our part and we all get to share what God's doing in our life. And so one of the things that we want to see happen in the connection moments is I want you to see how many in this church have so much to offer. And I really appreciate you, Todd, coming up and sharing this morning, and I I, I just, just Great, great testimony, and we've got others that will be joining us and doing these things over the course of the next uh, few weeks that we've already talked to, and so I'm excited about that. I hope you are as well. Hope after the service, you go pat Todd on the back and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, so we're going to continue in our message on Josiah. Uh, we're, we're finishing up with Josiah, really, today, we, we may touch on Uh, Josiah a little bit in November. Uh, So so who is Josiah? Why why is Josiah important? The Bible says there's no other king like Josiah. Josiah is this king who pursued God uh, like his father David. Uh, He's faithful, and he's faithful in the worst of times. I mean, it's terrible times for the people of Judah. And so I just wanted to challenge you. You know, it's possible to make a mark for God, a positive mark for God, even in the worst of times. Uh, oftentimes, I think we feel like we live in the worst of times, right? You know, it seems so chaotic. It's possible to be someone who makes a positive mark for God no matter what era of history you live in. And so we've been looking at Josiah. We're, we're trying to learn about renewal or revival. The series is called Lost and Found. So, so they've lost this connection they had with God. And, and so we're trying to learn about renewal or revival, what, whatever, whatever word you want to put on it from this, this king, Josiah. Next week, we're going to jump to Luke, and we're going to look at renewal and revival from the eyes of God. You know, we're looking through the eyes of a human here, Josiah. Then we're going to find God's perspective in Luke. And and so we've answered, or Saul had three questions for the first three weeks from Josiah. The the first question is, what what are you seeking? What or who are you seeking? The second question was, what what or who do you trust most? And then the last time we were in this, last week we we went out of this series for for New Life Sunday, but what is the center, or who is the center or focus of your life? And today we're going to talk about the importance of brokenness, and confession for those who are seeking renewal or revival. And I would say like this a lifetime willingness to be broken and to confess before God. Um, at eight years old, Josiah becomes king. Uh, how many eight year olds? Any eight year olds in here? You eight? Would you like to be the king? Okay, so, so about Cooper's age, Josiah becomes the king. And then at age 16, it says he starts seeking God. At 20, he purges the false idols. At 26, he begins to rebuild the temple. It's not an instant revival in Judah. It's a lifetime pursuit. And, and I guess before we get too deep into this, I, I, I'm curious. Are you on a lifetime pursuit? You know, Josiah is not satisfied, but he's on this lifetime pursuit of God, and then Second Chronicles thirty four. I'm not going to read it today. Um, there's a lot of weird names, and I don't want to get hung up on the names. Is that okay? Uh, but the temple's being repaired, and Josiah, the high priest, finds the book of the law, and as they're renovating the temple, and he gives this book to the royal secretary, and the royal secretary in turn gives this book to the king. And then he reads the book to King Josiah and as Josiah hears the revelation of God, he tears his robes, which is a symbol of mourning and confession and brokenness and humility. And so he sends them to a prophetess to ask them what they should do. And the prophetess says, well, you're going to live, king, and you're going to die kind of peaceful. Uh, God's going to spare you to a degree, but God's angry because the people of Israel, the people of Judah, have disobeyed his commands. They've not lived according to his commands. And so there's going to be judgment. There's going to be judgment for their sins. And so Josiah reads the law to the people, and he calls them to repentance. And that's where the story leaves off. So, so judgment was coming for Judah. God was going to spare Josiah, but there's this attitude, there's this spirit of brokenness and confession, not with Josiah, but with Judah. Now there's a few things I, I want to see, want us to see in this passage. Uh, confession, and I think we all understand this, confession, repentance, brokenness, is essential to renewal. And, and true confession owns our part in the problem. When we confess, we are owning our part. We're saying we have a share of blame in what is wrong, not only in our life, our family's life, our community's life, our country's life, we have a share, we have a responsibility. Now, there's confession blocks that could have been present for Josiah. And I think sometimes these could be confession blocks for people like us that are good church-going people. You know, we're, we're, we're good people. Look at your neighbor and say, you're a good person. Go ahead. you are all good people. You know, you look all pretty, you're all dressed up, and everything's all good, you know, and you pay your bills, and hopefully you pay your bills, and, and uh, things are pretty good. You know, Josiah, there's no other king like him. Before we get too deep in the story, there's no other king like him. He's pursuing God. He's seeking God. He's tearing down idols. He's restoring the temple. He's doing all that he knew to do. For 18 years, this king is pursuing God with his whole heart. He could have said, I've done all that I know to do. I'm hearing this now, but, but, but I didn't know it before. What, what, what else could I have done? And yet he's not living like that. He's tearing his robes, and he's mourning, and he's confessing, even though he wasn't aware of this until it was given to him. He could have said, you know, it was my parents' fault. It was the previous king's fault. It was the high priest's fault. It's all these other people that are at fault. They should have shared this with me earlier. He could have blamed his circumstances. You know, if I would have been raised in a time when the law was read regularly. And yet, Josiah didn't do any of those things. He didn't rely on being better than most, he didn't say, Well, you know, I'm better than any other king. True confession is not based on how it's based on how we compare to God's will, not the behavior of others. I typed that wrong. Please correct that. True confession is based on how we compare to God's will, not the behavior of others. So what's God's will? Be holy like I am holy. Wow. Anybody ever read that and think, wow? Have the mind of Jesus. See people and circumstances like Jesus. Walk like Jesus walked. Live like Jesus lived. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees. Anybody ever overwhelmed by these things? I think we read these things and and sometimes they just roll over us. And, And we don't consider how that should make us feel broken before this God who is holy like no other. This Jesus who lived like no other. I'm reminded of the rich young ruler. You know, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus and and he's, he wants to be a disciple. And Jesus says, well, have you, have you kept the commands? Have you kept the law? The rich young ruler goes, you know, I feel pretty good. Yeah, I've done that since I've been a young man. I've kept all the laws. Jesus says, one thing. I want you to take everything you have, and I want you to sell it. <laughs> Give it to the poor and join me. And the Bible says what? The rich young ruler goes away dejectedly because he's not willing to give that up. You know, following Jesus, to truly follow Jesus, creates big expectations in the life of followers. And the temptation is to compare ourselves to others, right? Well, I'm not as bad as my neighbor. If you're not as bad as your neighbor, say amen, right? Right? You know, I'm not as bad as that person. Well, at least I don't do that. But the call is to the holiness of God. The call is seeing like Jesus. The the call is walking like Jesus. The call is taking up our cross daily. The call is righteousness exceeding the Pharisees. The call is to give everything, not a part, but everything to him confession confession is essential to our theology and our way of life i've said often if if our theology does not call for and make space for confession it is a bad flawed theology it's necessary you know, I love our theology. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm Nazarene of Nazarene. I'm like 10th generation. No, I'm like third generation Nazarene. It's all I've ever known. I love our theology, but our language can be misleading. Christian perfection, entire sanctification, I understand those words and I understand the meaning of these, but, but sometimes we hear those words and I think we misuse them. It's not completeness without the need for confession. To be perfect means to be perfectly submitted to growing, and that includes confession. To be entirely submitted, to be entirely sanctified means to be entirely set apart to whatever it takes. And in my walk, oftentimes when God points out errors and sins and flaws, it means to be entirely sanctified, means to be willing to confess so I can move forward. See, true confession is a mark of true faith. Believer's are willing to be broken before God because we believe in our brokenness, God can move us forward. True confession is a mark of true faith. So let me me ask you, are you living with a spirit of brokenness and confession? Does that mark your life? Is your life marked by this willingness to confess your sins to others? (laughs) to be willing to be broken before him? Are you living in this place where you compare yourself to others and compared to others, you're pretty good? One more thing to see. Josiah sees himself as part of the whole. This community repentance. I can't get away from this concept. You know, it would have been easy for Josiah to say, oh, well, those people are in trouble. But he doesn't see himself in that way. Josiah sees himself as part of community. You know, I, I, maybe I'm wrong in this, but, 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 but I believe this is a correct statement. God's not just calling you to be saved. God's calling you to be part of a people he's saving. That God is interested in communities and peoples. And so as we join together, it's not my salvation alone, but God is trying to save this church. He's trying to save this community. And we're in this together. We're part of something bigger. You know, personal sin's real, and personal sin should be confessed, but... That we're part of something bigger than just ourselves. And true confession sees the big picture. That, that when we look around and we see where we're failing, not just as a community, but as a country, there's a, a marked confession in the people of God that says something's just not right. We can be better. What if we saw failure and sin in the community in a different way? Not, not not pointing fingers and, and saying, so-and-so failed, but, but somehow acknowledging that we share in our failures. That, that when, when things go awry in someone's life, it goes awry in all of our lives because we're in this together. We are the family, we are the body, we are one. And we share in these failures. I was thinking about Isaiah 35, and if you've been around the church, you've, you, you've heard this passage a lot. Isaiah 35 is, is commonly referred to as the, the highway of holiness. You know, as I, I looked up that word highway in Isaiah 35, and, and unfortunately, David, maybe you can do some research. I, I don't see that it's used anywhere else. So, you know, it's, you always look at how it's used, and, and I couldn't find that it's used anywhere else. I couldn't even find a good Bible dictionary definition just other than highway. (laughs) And I don't know about you, most highways you're not on by yourself, right? (laughs) You know, a highway, it would be great if I just had my own personal highway (laughs) without all you folks on it. But even as I think of that imagery, you guys are traveling on highways, it's the people on the highways that sometimes make the highways so hard to travel, right? And the highways, there's this, this shared way, it's not a personal trail, it's not a personal quest, it's this shared way. And, and a highway implies not a state of being, but a direction. A shared way and a direction. And so I thought about this. Righteousness is less about a state of life, a place that you find yourself, but a shared direction. That that when Isaiah talks about the highway of holiness, he's given us this imagery where the righteousness that God is calling us to is this thing that we share together and it's direction. You ever drive through Atlanta? Yeah, I heard the groans. You know, I like to drive through Atlanta at like at 3 a.m. Yeah, that's, that's my perfect time to drive through Atlanta. But Atlanta, even then, is pretty busy. And they have what they call the, the, the shared lanes, you know, where, where if you have uh, the carpool lanes, that the more people you have in the car, the quicker you can go, and so it's great on family vacations, because we've got like six or seven in the car, and I can just zoom down those carpool lanes, right? Anybody ever done that? It's like great. It's quicker. Righteousness is quicker with others. It really is. Folks, we, we, we can't do this alone. That, that if we want to live this life of confession and righteousness and holiness, if if we want to live this life, it, 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 you know, there's nothing wrong. Personal prayer closets, personal Bible studies are great things, but these personal things have to become communal as well. That we need to pray together. We need to read God's word together. We need each other. We need to worship together. There's something that happens when we're together. And righteousness is a shared shared. way. Are you connecting with others? Are you part of a small group? Are you part of a collective? Are you part of a Sunday school group? Are you part of a prayer group? Are you connecting with others? Are you finding ways to share life? Righteousness is progression. In other words, it's not two trips to the altar and you're done, Right? It's not two crises and then everything's all good, and now it's just smooth selling till I die and I get to go to heaven, right? But this righteous life that God has called me to and he's called you to is this progression where we're always growing because God is bigger than me. I learn that every day. God's perception and perspective is bigger than me. So let me ask you, are you are you still growing? Can you honestly look at your life and say, I, I am more mature in my faith now than I was a year ago? I hope this isn't the case. But, but oftentimes, people that rely on the crisis emotional moments will tend to have those crisis moments where it's high And then it's like sliding downhill after. I hope that's not the case in your life. Because God's desire for you is not to live from crisis moment to crisis moment. Crisis moments are great. But God's desire for you is to live in community to the extent that discipleship is always occurring. And growth is up. Are you still listening? You know, in my life... Oftentimes, it's not been about letting go of bad things to grab hold of good things. But, but oftentimes, in my life, it's about letting go of good things so I can grab hold of better things. That, that, that's what I've seen in my life. You know, there, there were times in my life where, where God said, that is bad, let that go. But in my life now, oftentimes God says, you know, that's, that's pretty good, but this is better. Confession is truly to let go of the bad, to grab hold of the good. That is a part of confession. But it's also a willingness to let go of the good, to grab hold of the best. God is still Speaking. He is still speaking. Are you listening? Is he speaking into your life? I always think it's appropriate to give you space to respond. And um, bring the lights down today and put something on to to play, some soft music. Not Nat King Cole or anything like that, right? And um, all heads bowed, all eyes closed. Our altars are always available. I mean, you can pray right where you're seated, seated but, but there's something about stepping forward. I mean, I just still believe in the value of that, that, that saying to God, I'm taking this serious, and, and maybe you need to come to an altar. I'm going to say a short prayer, and then I'm going to invite you to talk to God for a few moments, and I'm going to close this in prayer. Lord, help us to be obedient in these moments. Maybe there's something, maybe there's sin we need to let go of, Maybe there's something that's good that you're calling us to something better. Lord, help us to be obedient in these moments. Lord, help us to learn from Josiah, this good king in the worst of times, that pursued you with his whole heart. Lord, he uh, tore down idols. He made you the center. He was willing to confess and be broken. There's so much about revival that we can learn from Josiah. And Lord, I truly believe that what I need in my life, what we need in our church's life, what we need in our country is renewal and revival. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to share in a spirit of confession, brokenness. To to not get so caught up in how good we are that we're not willing to own our part. Confess, to seek, to be broken. Your word says that pride keeps us from receiving all that you have for us. Lord, oftentimes in the, the life of people who have found the way, it's possible that we can become so proud in our spirituality that we're no longer willing to be broken, to confess, grow in you. May that not be the case of us. Lord, may we see confession and brokenness and humility as the way forward in you. And Lord, not just confession for the wrongs we've done, but Lord, may we see confession as something that we share together, that we mourn together. Lord, thank you for this body, this community, this family. Help us, Lord, to to love one another, to love you. Lord, help us always to strive forward to all that you have in mind for us. Now, Lord, next week, we're going to start seeing this from your perspective. I'm thankful for Jesus because I believe Jesus gives us the correct perception, correct perspective of our Heavenly Father. And Lord, may we embrace you in the way that you embrace us. Now, Lord, as we go from this place, I ask that you... um, you continue your work in our life. That your spirit continue to speak. That Lord, we um. We see Sunday morning not just as um, a duty we play we pay for our spirituality, Lord, but but somehow the the songs that we've sang, the prayers that we've said, the the, the connection moment, the sermon, all that we've done. Well will cause us to think, to reflect, to consider our life, not just in this moment, but throughout the week. Lord, that we'll find other folks to kind of have conversations to lean on and learn from. And Lord, we're going to give you praise because we believe you're at work. You're good. And we will love you and pursue you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless, folks.